right, episode 11, Rank Rat Report today is Friday, December 6th. The Leafs just came off a very disappointing back-to-back loss. I mean, I don't think they really played that bad, but I'll get into that in a little bit. So we got some Leafs week in review, a bunch of games to talk about here, a lot of storylines, this and that. Uh, we're going to get into the upcoming schedule, obviously. I'm going to get into a little bit of... Uh, backup watch i was taking a look at around the league some dream scenarios that i had obviously i don't think and why i don't think the Leafs are going to go out and get my dream scenario backup goalie but more to more on that to come and then as well as i want to touch on why do people hate nylander martin matthews not riley not riley not not like he's done anything uh terrible this year not Riley at all, though. He's He's been spectacular. His defensive form has been awesome. But that is to come. So let's hop right into it. Least we can review. Sabres times two this week. That was pretty cool having the, the game at 4 o'clock there. Um, I really did like that. I, I didn't have work, so I think it would have been a major inconvenience if I did. Uh, I don't mind afternoon games. I kind of like them. Like You have so much time afterwards to you know do other things say hi to your family that you've been neglecting for 24 years kind of thing it's pretty nice but anyways the second half of the Leafs game in this one was not very nice let's get into it to start on the road in Buffalo Black Friday uh Buffalo's jerseys first off holy holy drip those were very very nice but the Leafs started off. They played. They started off very hot. Was it two nothing to start? Two nothing to start. Nylander, a couple great chances there. It it looked like it was, it was just going to be a dominant. It was going to be six nothing. That's, that's what I felt like. Like it, it was. There was just no quit. But then I don't know. Matthews' hangover seemed set in. I don't know what the hell that guy was doing on some of those plays. That giveaway on that goal that he gave up. I can't remember which one exactly it was was it the fourth whatever either way brutal giveaway up the middle i don't know what he was doing there and then on top of that like hutchinson made some decent saves i will say that when they were up but like they just couldn't buy a save it seemed when they were when things started to go awry on them like i feel like just that one i don't know i just a, a gut feeling that that a one big save on that in, to, in, clo, in tight kind of shot, uh, I want to say from Skinner. Like a stop on that, I think, really switches the momentum for a team, really helps them out, really provides some juice to them. We couldn't get that. And then on top of that, their Olofsson goal was terrible. And then on the other end of the ice, I, I really think uh, Ol, um, Linus Olmark, I mean, I, one of those goals maybe wasn't the greatest, but... He outplayed, he outplayed Hutchinson, and it made the difference in this game. It made a two-point difference. So, not surprising that uh, Keith went back-to-back Anderson. I mean, I, I really don't think there was any excuse to, to do so in this case, especially playing Colorado, a pretty, pretty good team that was getting uh, Miko Rantanen back as well. So... Michael Hutchinson really needed this one, and you could tell that he's extremely frustrated. But I mean, it's gonna go—it's gonna be tough to have confidence to put him back in the net after that one and after this start. I mean, 
a bad start from a, a starting goalie that you've seen perform well, okay, you have confidence in them. You, you wouldn't be like you expect them to bounce back. Michael Hutchinson hasn't been good since I don't even know when. He had that one hot run in uh, in Winnipeg, but there are a lot of years in between now and then. I don't even remember when that was. That was 2014-2015. And that was just the beginning of the season that he played well. So, tough to... Tough, and especially in this market, to, to rally around Michael Hutchinson at this time. Unfortunate. Seems like a good guy. But, I digress. Uh, the second game, pretty back and forth. Um, I really did... I really did like that Anderson Anderson's second half of the game, or call it the third period in overtime as well. Uh, he made a one-point difference in this one, especially in overtime. He made some fantastic saves um, in the die in in the third as well as in overtime. Uh, I thought that that made a world of difference. The Leafs did play very well. That William Nylander goal was pretty damn nice. Uh, unfortunately, Tavares is, wasn't that nice, but you know what? Two points is two points. I'll take it. I think they played well in this one as well. Um, it wasn't overly dominated, but they had the possession to start. Even the second period. Possession to start. Johansson penalty just piling on. And then I feel like, uh, yeah, that third period, they got some solid goaltending from Anderson. And two points on the board. Not bad. Um, the Flyers game. This was a weird one. This is a really weird one. I mean, the 6-1 score shows that they played like absolute trash, but it's not the full story. You're, you you got to watch the game, even the highlights, and you'll see. I don't know what the hell happened in the, the end of the third period there, but for the rest of the game, I thought they played pretty decent. Uh, the first period, they had some great chances. Even the first half of the second period, I thought they had some pretty damn good chances there. Uh, but... Once they gave up that lot and goal, from when I was, there was one period, the second half of the second period, where Philadelphia hit two posts on two empty nets. And then on top of that, they hit the crossbar in the first period. So, I mean, it was only 2 1 until four minutes left, but Philadelphia hit three posts. I mean, that's, they were all on very good chances, too. These were not, you know. He's had a chance going in. <laughs> a very, very good chance. One one little bounce here there, and it was in the back of the net kind of thing. So I didn't love their second half of the of the game. I mean, they did tie it, and they, they made a game out of it. And why? Because they're, they have so much skill on this team. But, yeah, the, the last four minutes, just quitting on that one, um, you know, wasn't great. Uh, I just wanted to point out the epitome of Morgan Riley. First nice pass up the middle, and then followed by a totally blown defensive coverage where he just cheats to the wrong side of the ice. And even on the first goal, on the first goal, so Justin Hole's going back to he's uh, he chases Kevin Hayes to the board, Hayes to the boards. Austin Matthews takes Kevin Hayes, doesn't do a very good job, but that's separate from what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, Justin Hole's trying to drift back to the front of the net and then slide over to his side on the right-hand side because he's a right-handed defenseman. Morgan Riley just doesn't shift. He just 
stays. I don't know what his read was, but then he was delayed on getting covering for Matthews on Hayes there. Although Matthews didn't play that very well defensively, but the coverage and the help from Morgan Riley was just not there because it seems like this guy just thought he was playing the right side of the ice. Maybe a lack of communication between him and Hole, but it was just an ugly look defensively from the Leafs to see um, Kevin Hayes drive the net so so freely on that one too. But anyways, not it wasn't a 6-1 beating in this one, but I mean, Philadelphia did deserve this game. I will say that. Uh, one thing to close out, I don't know, the cheap shot on Tavares and then nobody doing anything afterwards. I mean, you don't have to fight Kevin Hayes. Just grab him. Do something. Shake the jersey a little bit. He's not going to kick your ass. Just show some emotion, kind of. Your captain just got knocked. And nobody does anything? You know what? Like, I hate to sound like a boomer here, but just what the hell are you? Show some balls. Show some heart. Anyways, in this in the Colorado game, um, I wasn't overly concerned with Anderson making the back-to-back start because of what I said with Michael Hutchinson. I thought it was their only option. Um, also, after that embarrassing four minute last four minutes of that Philadelphia game, I thought they would come out real strong in this one. Maybe not. They didn't play to what my expectations were, uh, especially even Mitch coming back. I thought they would play a little better, but I don't think it was a bad game. It was very, very even in this game, um, but and it was more consistent than from what we've seen in a lot of games from this team. But one bad bounce just made it made a two point difference in this one. I really, really liked the way that uh, they played that six on five. I thought they had some decent chances there as well. They had really good possession of the puck I felt too especially on a 6 on 5 they were moving it around a little bit but sadly you know nothing dropped and it was just one of those things Um, touching on Mitch Marner um, I believe that he's ready to play he feels he's ready to play but he's not 100% it's a high ankle sprain and with high ankle sprains they do take a long time to fully recover I think from what I've heard from other people it's, it's just you know you feel like I think it's what you're you're at 80 percent and it's just so hard to get over that 80 percent so that's where i think it'll be really interesting to see a guy whose speed plays such a big part in his game how he deals with this injury moving forward he looked pretty good he had some great little highlights that i threw up on the instagram story follow at, at rink rat report on insta uh, and then even that save at the end huh, we'll call, call him a three-way player there but It'll be interesting to see. And I mean, first showing the ankle looked pretty good for Marner there. Mana there. Um, so that's that. Um, I don't think, I mean, to, to state facts, they went one and three in the games that I'm talking about. I don't think I'm missing any, but they went one and three. One, lot, one and one against Buffalo, 0 oh and two against Philly and Colorado. Did they play to that record? Not really. I think they maybe deserved another point or two there. Uh, they did have some decent games. I mean, all. I mean, Sabres were on downtrend, but they did look pretty good against the Leafs. And I think they absolutely hammered New Jersey recently, too. So I'd say they played three teams that are all that that are all pretty good. I mean, especially the uh, the the Avalanche and the Flyers. So. One in three, 
I feel like people in Twitter are shockingly, first time ever, overreacting to this little stretch here with Sheldon Keith. And I mean, people saying, oh, I thought they fired Babcock to, uh, to get the spark going or whatever. It's, it's a little stretch. I think they'll, they'll easily rebound from this one. I have no doubt in my mind. I have so much confidence in this team right now that I don't know whether it be fake confidence or not. I really do think that they're going to rebound, even though this upcoming schedule, and I'll touch on it real quick, is a doozy. St. Louis, what more can you say about this team? Just stack top, top to bottom. Jordan Bennington, I mean, I always, I said it last year, when goalies are playing overly well, you have to scrub that shine off. Jordan Bennington's sho- just shoving that to me. Him, even Carter Hart, too. He's been, he's been pretty, he's been better than expected for this year, I think, in my opinion. But lots to like about St. Louis. I think if they play pretty much the same as they played St. Louis earlier in the season, they'll get a win. The Leafs do have more speed than St. Louis, and when you shut down that defensive core, I mean, you squeak out a couple goals, it's they're really going to have to tighten up. They're going to have to tighten up. So, um, and then moving on to Vancouver. This is a late stretch here with uh, Vancouver-Calgary. Uh, I think Vancouver is going to be a 10 o'clock game. And then Calgary. Anyways, I don't have the schedule in front of me. But going to be a couple late nights. Really hope the Leafs make, make worth of it. I mean, the Vegas game that was late, it, it, they lost, but it was, it was pretty entertaining. So it was worth the, worth staying up. Uh, worth staying up late for, for sure. So St. Louis in St. Louis is going to be a tough one. Uh, Vancouver in Vancouver. What I've noticed, Vancouver's been playing pretty damn well this year and why their big boys have showed up new acquisition JT Miller has been solid Quinn Hughes his first full season has been lights out this guy skating is just as advertised I mean as advertised with what we saw with USA and with Michigan as well but then obviously the big boys that were there last year through all the garbage Elias Brock and Bo have also all been terrific this year it's a bit of a drop off after that. Edler, I think, is still going to be is not going to play in this game. So, a very top heavy team, some decent goaltending to go along with it. I think if I'm presumably presumably the JT line and then Mo, Morgan Riley and Cody CC, unfortunately, with how ugh, they just suck defense. Oh my god, um, they're going to be matched up against those big dogs. If they're able to shut them down or at least match them, I really think that it's going to be the second and third line's time to shine. Um, and then on top of that as well, someone really needs to step up because I think I don't know how long Janssen's going to be out. It hasn't been announced as of 10.57 on Thursday. But we'll see who gets to move up to that uh, Matthews-Nylander line. I didn't get a chance to see lines today, but it'll be interesting to see who gets who gets that look. And uh, who, who uh, if they if they step up and maybe make it a little permanent spot for them because I, I mean Janssen's been playing decent but I mean if you're putting up points how can you how can they take you out of the lineup? But then lastly uh, Calgary I have no clue what Flames are going to show up for this one. Um, 
the lines were I don't, if you got a chance to put see those lines they were just man japan on the first line i think it was monahan and goudreau on the third line monahan moved from the center to the wing i don't know what this new coach is doing but if you want to shake things up from the Bill Peters days, just shake the racism out of the team. He he did a pretty good damn good job doing it through the lines. So Calgary, obviously a team with a lot of talent, um, but we'll see what Calgary shows up. So if it's the Calgary of last year, if it's the Calgary that we've seen this year so far. But anyways, I want to go into especially considering what we saw from that first Buffalo game, Michael Hutchinson, backup goalies. What's the market around the league? So first off, you're going to want to look at, first off to start, to set the precedent, where is this backup goalie going to come from? I doubt waivers um, because, I mean, there's not going to be anyone put on waivers that's going to be worth picking up, really. So you're gonna looking you're gonna be looking for a trade. Um, in terms of contract, it's gonna be someone that's on an expiring deal. Why? The Leafs don't have that much capital to spend. I don't think they're gonna be looking to send a roster player for a backup goalie. I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't really think they have anyone that would be coming out of the any replaceable player in the roster that would be worth a backup goalie. I've seen a lot of people proposing that they trade mango and that's and that being andreas Janssen, i would not i don't know about that i kind of like him i like how he fits up and down in the lineup maybe a little bit slow production wise recently but i like mango i'd, I'd really want to keep him i don't want to trade him for a backup goalie so there's that just from looking at it um ryan miller jumps out to me 1.125 contract million dollar contract i know he really wants to stay uh, in, a- in the Anaheim area um, didn't actually get traded last year I think because he was injured but cheap contract expiring contract a lot of vet uh, that has a lot of experience actually not that bad of a goaltender too just who wouldn't want him and Anaheim's not doing that well and I don't foresee them making a playoff run so I mean how much would it cost for Ryan Miller you really got to ask. I, I would really like him on the team. But again, a little bit of dreamer talk here. Secondly, Jimmy Howard, he's been terrible this year. Uh, I don't know if he came back from injury yet either. And a $5 million hit. Like Jimmy Howard, again, another guy, I think he's what, in his mid-30s too, has been good in his past. I think maybe a change of scenery, he could still be good kind of thing. But I don't think it's a viable option simply because of how much money he's going to cost. I've seen someone say something about Kincaid. Um, Kincaid has a 4.75 goals against average. Kincaid has also never really been good. So I'll pass. I'll pass on that one. Other guys that are there. Um, Chicago is near the basement and both of their goalies are on expiring contracts. Now, Robin Leonard, $5 million. That's going to be a tough one to swallow. I don't know what they're going to do. I imagine they're going to try to extend him. We'll see. Uh, Crow, obviously the other goalie there, 35, bit of an expensive contract too. You don't know where you're going to get from him as well. Those two, I highly, 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 highly doubt if the Leafs take a stab at them. I, I can almost guarantee that they're not going to take a stab at them. 
other guys cam talbot if calgary continues with its woes i don't know he's been okay i guess i don't know how much it would cost but we'll see i think i do i'm i am a believer in calgary and i do think they will rebound um and then just looking louis domingue no thank you aaron dell no thank you mike condon no thank you it's just a bunch of guys that are not realistic um pickups there so yeah i think the big big marquee backup goalie that's going to be available i maybe maybe leonard maybe crawford as starters that's going to be available i don't think their leafs are going to go after them but available and very realistic for a lot of teams to acquire is ryan miller but it's going to be up to him what does he want to do who knows maybe it's his last year he wants to take a run at the cup a little eye emoji on that one but my big dream scenario obviously is grab a goalie verge of his prime use him as a backup use him exactly almost as uh, vegas has done with malcolm suban i know it's going to pain you because malcolm suban was not very good for a couple years there i mean malcolm said not very good for a while but he's been he's been okay this year he's improved his numbers he's, he's looked pretty decent least fans saw what he did against the team he made some great saves there and as i said i've seen him up close wildly athletic good size i mean like very fast to very very fast goaltender as well should make sense that he's the, the puck's hitting him but i guess finally now it is so a certain situation like that i mean i looked at john gillies i don't think he's doing well enough to be considered for that he hasn't developed as i kind of thought he would um uh Comrie, uh getting traded from I think it was Phoenix to Detroit, yes, for Village Sergevi or whatever. Maybe he's got something as a future backup goaltender, but that one's too late, obviously. But I'm going to get... And then Eunice Corposalo, but I mean, he's the starter in Columbus right now. Maybe they want to extend him another couple of years, which I'd imagine they do want to do that. I don't think they're going to toss away their starting goalie for what? For who's, who's, who's your other option there? Might as well keep him for another couple years at least before you can find a really good option out there. But here's my marquee dream situation. LA has Jack Campbell and Cal Peterson. I think both are solid goaltenders. You do have quick extent uh, under contract, under an expensive contract for a little, another little while. It's going to be tough to move that one out considering he hasn't been very good. But Peterson or Jack Campbell would be... I think that'd be a great backup option right now. I mean, Jack Campbell's, I think, in my opinion, one of the best backups in the league. I haven't looked, taken a look at his numbers this year, but I know last year he was pretty damn good. Um, but I don't think, obviously, and coming crashing back down to earth, it's going to be very realistic, guys. Uh, under under 900. LA's not that good, but he's doing better than Jonathan Quick. can confirm. So... Um, the Leafs don't have so the Leafs situation in terms of trading right now they don't have a ton of capital to work with their pipeline isn't great and they don't have much cap wiggle room which means that these younger players are going to have to come in and play possibly prominent roles on their entry level contracts and will be more valuable in the future than having a rental player say that's where I absolutely poop we'll call it we'll keep it uh 
I absolutely poop on the thought of Logan for Petrangelo. And why I understand the window is closing. We're not going to get Muzzin back. We're not going to get Barry back. We're not going to get Cody Ceci back. Um, the window for, as well as Frederick Anderson's going to be up soon. So to, you know, throw away the future a little bit and go for it right now with Alex Petrangelo would be very, very enticing. But Timothy Lilgren is this is his first year of his entry level contract he's going to be very valuable to the team next year moving forward because i i the utmost confidence that he's going to make the team next year i know i probably said that last year but i have the utmost confidence that next year is the year kind of thing him and then obviously rasmus sending as well so those are my opinions on the backup goalie as well as the trade situation there I can't imagine that Dubas is going to leverage the team, team's future more than it has been. I mean, two first-round picks gone in the past two years. We did get a very, very good second-round pick, I will say that. But two first-round picks in the last two years is tough, we'll call it. Um, moving on from there. So, I want to get into... Why do people hate... Nylander, Marner, Matthews. And I don't know if it's because I, I'm seeing all the... Pretty much here. How, here's how it goes. We got the boom, the old school fans who just want... I don't know. Want Milan Lucic on the team for some stupid reason. Kind of thing. They, they just want violence. Okay. Go watch a Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie. Like, I understand that hockey is what it used to be is not what it used to be in terms of the physicality of the game but there's still a lot of entertainment come on there's no there's no denying that getting rid of the hooking and the grabbing and all that and the players the cte it was a good thing admit it so you got those older people and then you got marner stands who dump on nylander and then nylander stands that dump on marner and it's just they just trade it seems so then you're what happens with this is that just leafs twitter is just it, it just seems like a constant dump on all of them and then once in a while matthews a dump on matthews comes in there is like two i understand he was cold the past couple of days i don't he 100 does not deserve as much blame as he has but so why do people hate them and how can how can these players take from this and you know win fan love over number 1 have a worse skating stride it doesn't look like they're trying why because their stride is effortless you'd think that'd be good you'd think oh players moving fast out there wow that's great no no no, no. we want to see the work hard we want to see like more head bobbing more head, thrashing of the feet if they do that out there then I, I think they'll win over some fans love if they're just out there just chugging look like they're chugging with even though it looks like their pants are filled with 10 pound bricks if they have if, they, if Nylander and Marner had worse skating strides people would like them more because it would look like they're working harder than they are now they would not be moving faster they would not be more productive they would not be doing anything better in any sort of scenario but to the fans eye to the yearning fans eye it would look like they're working harder 
And I know that sounds stupid, but it's actually true. Do I think they should do that? Absolutely not. This is satirical. Somewhat. But you got to think some fans would actually buy into that. If Neilander one day put a, put a little IG video of him just chugging body flying all over the place, obviously not going as fast, people would say, wow, he's, he's finally trying. You'd get that. Damn. It's, it's real to me. Uh, what else do they have to do? Uh, don't carry the puck as much. So you know when, they, when Nylander carries the puck, you know, makes plays, creates offense... If he were to just fire it on net every single time, no matter what, and just, yeah, pucks to the net, pucks to the net, I feel like he would also win over some more fan love. Obviously, from not people that actually watch the game, but if they were just firing pucks on net, blindly, more shots, I mean, I, I think they would win over some more fan love. Again, more fan love. Stupid penalties. If, oh, say there are... John Tavares gets hit. Uh, Marner goes over and takes an unnecessary slash. Some more fan love points. And I hope you see what I'm getting at. They're good. They're talented. They do things well. They do a lot of things well. They occasionally slip up. They have very good skating strides. It doesn't look like they're trying that hard. And yet they get dumped on. Oh, you're not trying hard enough. Oh, what's this dipsy doodling nonsense? I watch the game. I, I test. It's it's just nonsense to me, honestly. They create so many good chances. Game in and game out. It doesn't matter if they put up two points. It seems like people are still going to dump on them. And uh, you know what? You just got to accept. This is Toronto. And that's what's going to happen to them at all times. So... Anywho, I think Morgan Riley, people are starting to catch on that that guy can't play defense. So I think we're going to start to see a trend uh, that Riley's, that people are going to start throwing Riley into their nonsense uh, theoretical trade situations. And I did see pretty accurate tweet that uh, it went something like this. I think it was from uh, Active Stick, that guy on Twitter, um, that if... DeMar DeRozan is the sacrificial lamb for the Toronto Raptors. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it make sense that it's Morgan Riley's? Morgan Riley's the sac, would be the sacrificial lamb for the Leafs. Makes you think. Makes you think. Um, I think that just about covers everything for this episode. Everything that I wrote down. I'm probably gonna forget something, and then remember it later. But. You know, that's just me. That's how my brain works. Um, Anywho, everyone, please enjoy Papa John's Day of Reckoning. It's coming. I don't know when, but enjoy that. We got a couple solid games, solid tests. These are going to be some solid tests coming up. And uh, you know what? I'm excited for them. Take care, everyone.